It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6.63 God's servant delivers the word of life with clarity, simplicity and dexterity. And now, the pastor Andrew Yakwa proclaiming God's word to you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Put your hands together for Jesus. We want to welcome ourselves back to church. Believe that your life will never be the same. Amen. God has a plan for our lives. And His plan and purpose will be realized or materialized. Whether the devil likes it or not. Amen. And today I want to welcome all those who are worshiping with us for the first time. If it is the first time you're worshiping with us, just give me a wave. Let's give me a wave. Appreciate them. This is this is charismatic evangelistic ministries, Kumasi. And we don't take your coming here for granted at all. Amen. And the church will meet you and speak to you briefly. And I believe that your life will never be the same this morning. Hallelujah. Now, today we are continuing from where we left off last week. And I said that the whole of this month we are doing a seven-part series on what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. And we have already done for the church of Pergamos. We have also done for the First Love Church. And today we are looking at the lukewarm church or the church of Laodicea. Amen. The lukewarm church or the Laodicean church. Hallelujah. We are looking at Revelation chapter 3 verse 14 to 22. Revelation 3 14 to 22. Revelation 3, 14-22. Revelations, we are looking at Revelation 3, 14-22. And unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, right? These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of creation, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spill thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thy eyes with eyes out, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke, and I chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and openeth the door, I will come in and I will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. And even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Amen. So today we are continuing from where we left off last week and we are looking at the lukewarm church or the laudation church. Basically the topic is what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Amen. Now these words are very heavy words. And when I began to read these words from the scripture, it began to have an imprint on my heart. Why would God write such words and send it to his church? Amen. Now, so today we are looking at lukewarmness and under it, we are looking at the reality of lukewarmness. We are looking at the result of lukewarmness and we are looking at the remedy. Amen. So we are going to talk about the reality on the ground. We are also going to talk about the result of lukewarmness. And the third one is, we are going to talk about the remedy for lukewarmness. Amen. Now, the first thing is that lukewarmness is a disease. Amen. Now, in the ancient Near East, that is during the time of Jesus, they made sure that they drank, when they were drinking water, they neither drank very cold, they either drank very cold water or they drank very hot water. They, ne- they, they never drank water that was lukewarm. Because they believe that any water that is lukewarm contains a lot of bacteria. Hallelujah. And so in the times of Jesus around Laodicea, because Laodicea had issues with water, they imported water from outside. So they made sure that the water that was brought from outside to Laodicea was either very hot or very cold. The reason is that if the water became lukewarm, it was likely to contain a lot of bacteria. And so lukewarmness is something that if you don't take care, it can create a, a certain level of spiritual disease and spiritual stagnation and spiritual sickness. Amen. And so Jesus is speaking to his church in Laodicea about a spiritual plague that has affected most Christians today and affected most Christians then. That is lukewarmness. Where you are neither hot or no cold. Where you are neither a hot Christian or you are not a you are not a cold Christian. You are you are taking the middle ground as a Christian. Amen. It is that part or that place where we are in spiritual cruise control, where we don't want to be disturbed in our Christian life. I just want to be an ordinary Christian. I don't want to be too hot. Or oh, I don't want to be too cold. He, he comes to church all right back. He's not on fire for God. He's neither hot or cold. That is what we call lukewarmness. And Jesus is saying that lukewarmness is a disease. It is a spiritual disease. Amen. And unfortunately, many Christians are lukewarm. In the spirit realm, a lot of Christians are lukewarm. They are neither cold or hot. They are neither on fire for God and they are neither vaccinated. So they are in the middle ground. They will come to church alright. They will pray for some few minutes alright. 
But they are not old. And they are not old. And Jesus says that he's so happy. He says, you either be called or you are what? Don't take the middle ground. Because the middle ground is very dangerous. And so one of the areas we experience lukewarmness is in our prayer life. Because of how things are becoming difficult lately, people wake up in the morning and the first thing they do is they rush off to work. Sometimes they pray, they say they are held married one or two minutes and then they are off to work. And so it gives them a false sense of deception that they are okay. Because after all, I am praying small, I am praying my five minute prayer and then when I go back, after work, when, when I come back home, before I sleep, I also say my five minute prayer and I'm okay. It is lukewarmness. Because it gives you a false sense of, of it gives you a false sense of, of, of being okay. You think that, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not vaccinated totally, I'm praying. But lukewarmness is, is a disease. And God is against it. When his church or when his children get to the point in their life where they don't spend much time in prayer, they spend one or two minutes of prayer and they go back to do a lot of activities. A lot of Christians, they are not persuaded in their prayer life. They pray, yes, they pray all right, two, three minutes and they are okay. Instead of spending about three or ten minutes in prayer, they don't pray for a long time. And they have this false sense. Oh, I'm okay. I'm lost. Oh, I'm praying. It's not that I've totally been in my prayer life. I'm praying. That is lukewarmness. Amen. It is lukewarmness. And they don't pray. They don't read their Bible. So today, those days when we were, we were growing up in our Christian life, the thing was that, the click was cliche was that, no break, no Bible, no breakfast. But today when we get up, we wake up first from the from bed, the first thing we look out for is to let me check my WhatsApp messages, let me go on social media, let me check my Facebook. And, and it gives a false sense that you are alright, but Jesus says that you look like you are alright, but you are not like alright. There's a problem with you. Amen. The second area where we have issues with lukewarmness is in our purity. Purity. Where you think that, well, I don't fornicate. I don't smoke. I don't drink. But you lie. You exaggerate. You cut corners. Some Christians can lie so much that the devil sits at the back and watches. Wow! And so it gives a false sense that you think that, oh well, I'm not really pure, but I'm not also bad. I'm not really pure, but I'm not also bad at all. I don't smoke, I don't drink. I don't change girls. I'm okay. It gives a false sense that you're okay. But Jesus says that it nauseates me. I hate it. You are neither hot nor cold. And most of us, we judge other people because they sin differently from us. Oh, me, I don't fornicate. Oh, me, I come to church. I do this. But you are also doing other things which the other ones are not doing. It's a spirit of deception. And it's a spirit that has unfortunately crept into the body of Christ. In our purity. I am okay. It gives you a false sense of being okay. But God knows that you are neither poor or not okay. The third area is in our service to God. In our service to God. Oh, where you are? Well, I thought I come to church. 
I, I must stand as for my Sunday church. I will come, but you don't come for weekday service. As for my Sunday, I go. I go to Sunday church, but I never go for evangelism. As for my Sunday, I am always there, but you never, you never, you are, you don't belong to any department in the church. It's a spirit of deception. It says you are neither hot nor cold, and I don't like it. I hate it. If you don't take care, I will spill you out of my mouth. Amen. So when, 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 when this, when, when there is a problem with your Christian life, you realize that you, eternity is hardly on your mind. You hardly think about heaven. You think about only earthly things. You think about things that will, that will, that have earthly relevance and you never think about eternity. I said some time ago that a lot of Christians will go to heaven and they will beat down. They look for their pastors and beat them. Because the pastor didn't teach them messages that will make them have eternal crown. The pastor's messages were messages that had earthly relevance but didn't have any heavenly relevance. So you are neither hot nor cold. You belong to, you are selfish to God. You do eye service. You wait, well, let me see if pastor is around and let me see if I can do something for It's an eye service. It's a spirit of deception. And Jesus says that I hate it. So the reality is that today's church, a lot of Christians are neither hot nor cold. And when you look at your spiritual thermometer, you realize that you are in between, you are in the middle ground. And so it offers a false sense that you are okay, but God says that you are not okay. There's a problem with your spiritual life. Check it. And that was the problem Jesus had with the foundation church. He first of all spoke about the fact that I know thy works. So works is important. Evangelism is important. Doing this is important. But Jesus goes on to tell them that, yes, even though you are doing this, but I have something against you. What I have against you as a church is that you are neither hot nor cold. A lot of Christians, they charge their phone batteries. When their phone is going on low battery, they are, they, something is, I see something is about to happen to them. They, they, they are quick. They want to go and put their phone on charge. And when they are sleeping over, they charge their phone. But they never look at their spiritual battery, whether they are having low battery or not. It is a spirit of deception. And so lukewarmness is a deception. Because when you are cold, you know you are vaccinated. And when you are hot, you know you are prayerful. But when you take the middle ground, it gives you a false sense that you are okay, but you are not okay. And lukewarmness is the devil's kitchen. It gives you a false sense of being okay. And the devil is happy because he sees that you are staying in the middle ground. He's always okay. But the danger is that God said that if you continue as a church in this lukewarmness, I will spew you out of my mouth. Revelations 3.16. I will spill you out of my mouth. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spill you out of my mouth. I will spill you out of my mouth. I will spill you out of my mouth. Now according to doctors, if you want someone to vomit, give them lukewarm water. And Jesus said, because you are lukewarm, because you are neither hot nor cold, in tea we call it trumojo, you are neither a Christian, one part of your leg is in the world, another part is in Christ. You are, you are taking the middle ground. And he says, I will spill you out of my mouth. 
So reality is that the lukewarmness is a spiritual disease. And it is dangerous if you are a Christian. And you are not hot. You are not on fire for God. It is dangerous if you are a Christian and not prayerful. It, it is dangerous if you are a Christian and not, and not, and not fasting. Oh, I fast once a year. I fast only when the church is doing 21 days. You don't have any, any, any prayer life on your own. You don't have, the only time you pray is when you come to church. That is when you have corporate prayer. There's a problem with your spiritual battle. Check it. You are going on low battle. It's a spirit of deception. Amen. It gives you a small sense of comfort. You are comfortable. In my spiritual life, I'm comfortable. I'm okay. I think I'm fine. Uh, well, I'm praying two minutes. I'm okay. I'm praying five minutes. Oh, well, I fast uh, at least once every five months. I am okay. There's a problem. Check your spiritual battery. You have a problem as a Christian. Amen. And the result of lukewarmness is that one, we are created as people of passion. God created all of us to have passion. Every human being has passion. And you see people who are too cold. It is because it is not that they are cold. You are not talking about their passion. If I should, let me tell you the truth. If I should put in some screens here and we start watching Chelsea Manchester, you see how people are very passionate. So your priority is wrong. You are passionate about Chelsea and Manchester United. You are passionate about MPP and this. And look at this time where these people don't want to come to church, but they are comfortable going to register to vote because I have to vote for my party. I am I, I love MPP, I love NDC. Some of you, you when they talk about Aku Fado, you may slap somebody, but when they every day go talk wrongly about Jesus, you never do anything to them. Check your spiritual life. Check your spiritual life. It is dangerous. Amen. So we are all created as creatures. Amen. So if we change this place into a soccer field, you realize a lot of people have passion. Just that they, are, they, 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 they have not prioritized their passion. Amen. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increase with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched. So Jesus is telling the donation church that you think you are, you are rich. But in my sight, you are wretched. You think you are okay, but in my sight, you are wretched. You are miserable. You look good. Everybody says, oh, at least I've got a He goes to church on a Sunday. But Jesus says that in my eyes, you are wretched. You are miserable. Anything you put before God becomes an idol. Anything you put before God is an idol. When you put your girlfriend or your boyfriend before God, you are practicing idolatry. When you put money before God, you are practicing idolatry. And God hates idols. God destroys idols. When, when your priority is not with God first, when your priority is on, on other things, but not God, God says that I hate it and I will spill you out of my mouth. Misplaced priority. A lot of Christians, they have misplaced priority. Their priority is on material things. 
Their priority is on money. And I, I have a problem with the prosperity gospel we have been preaching in Africa. God wants us to be rich. But God didn't say that we should put riches before him. When you put riches before God, the, the mistake most pastors are making is that we are not teaching the people the right thing. We are not teaching them to put God first. We are not teaching them to seek God first. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31. Matthew 6, 31. 33. Seek you first. Matthew 6, 31. Seek ye first. Therefore, take no, no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or where shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. It says, After all these things, the pagans seek. The pagans. Eh? The pagans. They seek these things. They worry about what we shall eat. They worry about what we shall eat. It is necessary. But it says that take not heed what we shall eat, nor drink, well, or what we shall wear. For after these, all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that these things you need them. But seek ye first. Somebody say seek ye first. Somebody say seek ye first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added. Somebody say all these things. Somebody say all these things. A lot of people go to church because they want God to bless them. They go to church because they want a visa. They won't go to church because they want to travel. And we have this, this particular prosperity gospel has crept into our, the body of Christ. And programmed our mind. And so many of us, the reason why we go to church is because of a miracle. The reason why we go to church is because of a testimony. And this is saying that these things the pagans do. So he compared those who seek first prosperity and materialism to the pagans. But he says, when it comes to my children, don't do as they do. But you seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because he says that your heavenly father knows what you need. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. Somebody say all these things. Now seek ye first is a language of priority. It means prioritize God. It means put God first. It means put the things of God first. And all these things I God, I will add them unto you. Amen. Say all these things I will add them to you. Don't be passionate about the things of this world. Don't be passionate about money. There are some people on Sunday morning. If they should tell them that, hey, meet me at a do for five thousand Ghana cities. You will see whether you are a Christian or not. Check your heart. When 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 your priority is about money, it's about materiality. Listen, you can put it, you can you can gather all everything, but you never be fulfilled in this life. Money does not bring fulfillment. Materialism does not bring fulfillment. Prosperity does not bring fulfillment. Why? Because you can lose everything. Job lost everything in one day. Every money you are gathering, you can lose that today in a day. But when you put God first, He will put you first. 
I said, when you put God first, He will put you first. When you put God first, He will put you first. Amen. Don't put your, don't, don't, don't let your pleasure, your heart be on money, on the things of this world. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. And all these things, Jesus said that, I will add unto you. Money is not bad. Money is good. We need money to preach the gospel. But money is not the ultimate. God is the ultimate. Christ is the ultimate. Luke chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. And one of the company said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. He said, yeah, we are fighting over money. Okay, we are fighting over money. We are fighting over inheritance. And he said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said, Take ye. Somebody said, Take ye. Somebody said, Take ye. And beware of what? Covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which he possesses. A man's life, your work is not in your driveway. Your work is not the car you drive. Your work is not the house you, you stay in. Your work is what God has made you. He said, a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Your possession. Because when you die, you will never go with them. Alexander the Great, when he was on his deathbed, he, he, he made some great, he said that, what, he told his general that when I die, there are three things I want you to do. He said, have my hands for everybody to see you. And the second one, he said, every gold I have, sprinkle all of them. And the third one is, let the, doc, let the best of doctors carry my casket. And so the generals asked him, why do you want us to do that? And he said that I want the best of doctors to carry my casket. To show you that when you are on the deathbed, when death says you are going, not even the best doctors can save you. And let my hand hang around for everybody to see that when you are dead, you will not carry your possessions away. And sprinkle all the money I have and let everybody know that your money will stay on this earth. It will never go to heaven. It will never go to the grave with you. A man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. The things we are killing for. Jesus is saying that your, your, your life has not consist of it. People will kill for money. People will kill for possession. But Jesus is saying that a man's life consists not in the abundance of things which he possesses. Because you can lose them today. But let's set your priority right. Tell your friend, set your priority right. Tell your friends, set your priority right. Look at what the Bible says. Check your heart. For out of it, proceed all the issues of this life. Check your heart. Do you, do you put money first or you put God first? A man's life consists, this is very hot. It says, a man's life consisted not in the abundance of things he possesses. This thing that we are chasing after, it doesn't bring fulfillment. Many things that when they get this, when they gather this, when I put in money, when I build a house, I'll be fulfilled. You realize that after doing all these things, a part of your soul will not be happy. The only thing that brings fulfillment in life is Christ. It is only God who can fulfill you. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10. 
human disease. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. He that money is good. I'm not saying money is not good. I'm saying money is good. But he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with it. Nor he that loveth abundance with increase. For this is also vanity. Money is good. We need money to live. We need money to enjoy. We need money to survive. But Jesus said that your life should not be in it. Your heart must not be in it. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Jeremiah 2.13 For my people, ah, I love this scripture. For my people have committed two evils. Somebody say two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. They are forsaking God. They are forsaking Christ, the fountain of living waters. Healed them out of system, broken system that can hold more water. Let me read for my part. He says, For my people, I have my people have committed two evils. They are forsaking me, the fountain of living waters. And I've healed them out. System, broken system that cannot hold water. In other words, they are forsaking Jesus and they are chasing after things that, 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 that do not last. Chasing after things that do not last. Chasing after love. Chasing after my job. Some of you are commit your commitment to your work. Hey, you go to, if your work, if they start at 8 o'clock, by 7.30 you are always at your office. You see, the way you want to get to your office early because you don't want to go there late. Because you think that that is where your money comes from. You think that is where your, your bread is passing. Yes, when it is church time, you take your time. You stand in the mirror. You take your time. And you, you go to work. You go to, you go to, to church late. He says, my people have committed two evils. They are forsaking me. Jesus is the fountain of life. You never go to the small stadium mate. When it is Chelsea and Man U, some go there as early if it's three o'clock. Some go there as early as one o'clock and four. They sit there. They can stay and watch for two hours. Yet when the pastor is teaching for one hour, the pastor so we need to go and do this. Check your heart. There's a problem with your heart. Check it. Check your Christian life. When your heart is not in God, when when your heart in your heart is in things that are not eternal. When your heart is in things that change with time. When your heart, when whatever you put before God, God will fight it. Because God hates idols. Since my people have committed two evil, they have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and you them out, systems, broken systems that cannot hold water. He says, what you are teaching cannot hold water. What you are fighting about, it, it is not sustainable. It cannot hold water. You are ignorant. You are spiritually blind. You are ignorant. It says you are wretched. Revelation 3 17. Because thou sayest <laughs> that I am rich. It says that you say to yourself that you are rich. After all, I'm okay. After all, I go to church. After all, I pay my tithe once in a while. 
But God did my offering sometimes. Because thou said I'm rich and increase with good and have need of nothing. And knowest not that thou. He says, you think you are okay, but you don't know you are wretched. In other words, you are pitiful. You are blind and naked. These are strong words. Because I said I'm rich and I'm interested with you. I have and have I need of I have no need of nothing. You think you don't need anything at all? I'm okay. I'm comfortable in my spiritual life. Comfort is the greatest enemy of achievement. And no one's not that thou art wretched. You see, you know we understand wretchedness, right? You are uncursed. You are dirty. You are like a madman walking. And miserable. And poor. So you think you are rich, but Jesus says to me, you are poor. He thinks you are staying in a good house. I am enjoying. I am getting married. I am married. I have my kids. I am okay. I am comfortable. And you don't have to, I don't have to pray like that. No, no. Jesus says that. Look at this. He says, you are miserable and poor and blind and naked. He says, you are naked. You think you are clothed. You are naked. How many of us even wake up and then the first thing we think about is our, our, our quiet time. How many of us wake up at dawn to pray? Only two minutes prayer. You wake up. Sometimes we even put our Bible under our, our pillow, thinking that by some period of cosmosis, the scripture will just jump on the pillow and the scripture and just enter our mind. Mercy on your head. This is not Go back. This is a result. And I don't want to see to be lukewarm. Those days when you used to come to church, when it was worship time, you would lie on the floor and cry. Now, when you want to lie, you look at your seat and this like this. He says you are wretched. You think you are wearing shoes, but you are wretched. You are naked. Those days, you, say, ah, you cry when it's worship time, but now you, you don't cry because you don't want to mess up your makeup. If you don't mess up your makeup, God cannot make up your mess up. He says, you are wretched. You think you are okay. So a lot of Christians are go. They are moving through the motions of life. Go to church on Sunday. And they will close the Bible. Open it again on Sunday morning. Close it. Open it again another Sunday morning. Close it. Open it again another Sunday morning. And they think they are okay. They are walking. After all, talented. I'm okay. Oh, people see me go to church. And Jesus says that, in my sight, you are rich. You are neither hot nor cold. He says, I prefer that you are poor. I prefer that you are fascinated. I prefer that you are in the world than to be in Christ and to take the middle ground. He says, this is my remedy for you. This is my To buy of gold, try to buy that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thy eye with eye salve that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chaste. You see, I, as many as I love, I rebuke and I chaste. 
So when God chastises you, it doesn't mean he hates you. He says, I love you. That's why I'm chastising you. That's why I'm rebuking my church. This COVID-19 is a wake-up call to the church. A time we need to start looking at the messages we have been preaching in the church. Because if people feel more comfortable in the market, if they feel more comfortable out there to, to register, and they don't feel comfortable going to church, and it shows that we, pastors, we are filled. As many as I love, I chastise and I rebuke. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. In other words, be passionate about God first and turn back. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in unto him and I will sup with him and be with him. To him that overcometh, he says that if there is a remedy, he says to him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in, in my throne, even as I overcame and I sat down with my father. The lukewarm church. There are eternal blessings. Amen. There are blessings when you win souls. There are blessings when you are prayer. There are blessings when you go to church. There are blessings when you put God first. There are blessings. He says that the blessing is that I will let you. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. So this is what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And the Laodicean church did not eat this. It was a church in the minor, in minor Asia, in Turkey. And those days, it was a good church. It was a thriving church. But after 40 years, Jesus came and gave this verdict about the church. He says, I know your works. It means whatever is happening in the church, Jesus knows. Jesus knows the state of his churches. He knows the state of Syria and Damascus. He knows everything we do in the church. He knows our works. He says, I know your works, but I have something against you. You are lukewarm. You are neither hot nor cold. I pray that God will help us to reprioritize. I pray that God will help us to put God first. That we we'll seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Put your hands together. Shall we You are praying to God. The Father, help me. Help me. Forgive me for putting